welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, November the 30th, 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today we are joined by someone who is certainly not a stranger to Defender Podcast, Mrs. Lynn Beckett. We are so grateful to have Lynn back. She helps us so much as we anticipate, especially breaks from the routine. Uh, You may have been able to listen to some of her past podcast editions where she's really come in and helped us think through navigating the summer, getting back into school. And so as we get close to this big break at Christmas and really just a change of a nuance of the way we do life with with all the different festivities and the lights and the trappings of this holiday season. She's really going to come in and help us learn, especially with our kids who need that routine and who need that structure, how to really navigate this holiday season with your family. But before we bring on Lynn, I want to remind you of our Change One Life at the end of the year. We're excited to share what the Lord has accomplished through Lifeline this year. And we are abundantly expectant and excited about what he will do in 2023. He is bringing abundant life change to vulnerable women, vulnerable children, and vulnerable families here in the United States and around the world. We want you to be a part of this ministry and all of the facets of life change that are happening, the gospel of Christ Jesus. You learn how you can be a part of what God is doing to change lives by visiting us at Lifeline Child. .org, our website, lifelinechild.org, and look for Change One Life 2022. Or, as always, you can look at our show notes to see how you can get engaged. Before we bring on Lynn, I do want to tell you a little bit about her credentials and her background. Uh, she received her Bachelor's of Social Work from the University of Georgia, UGA in Athens there in 1981. She worked in the area of foster care and adoption in Georgia and Virginia before joining Lifeline staff in 1989. And truly, uh, this young lady has done so much at the Ministry of Lifeline, working with families internationally, domestically, helping even think through and vision cast in our birth mother ministry, and then doing family coaching and post-adoption and so many things that she has done. She became a TBRI practitioner in 2016. She feels that it's an incredible privilege to be a part of this ministry that's so committed to the care of orphans, both here in the States and around the world. Lynn is married to Brian, and they have two adult daughters. Well, of course, this is also the time of the podcast that people have grown to love, and that's when we bring on the venerable Dr. Rick. And many of you may not know that right before Thanksgiving, Dr. Rick had the opportunity to travel to Africa, to Burundi and Uganda. And as a part of that trip, legitimately, all of his luggage was lost. And so if you need a mental picture as we go into this podcast, Dr. Rick had to buy clothes uh, in Africa for a week in Africa. How was that, Doc? Uh, it was one of the most interesting experiences of my life. I was uh, I was actually blown away that they had clothes big enough to fit me in the market in, in Burundi. And so that kind of felt like the first major victory of the trip. Um, I, uh, you know, it was fun to be able to go to, uh, the first round of 
government meetings in Burundi in my sweats because uh, because a, a certain um, airline that shall remain nameless, but is one that keeps us all united here in the U.S., uh, decided to leave my luggage in Birmingham. And uh, and so while I made a, a tour around Central Africa, my my luggage made a tour around the Birmingham airport only for me to find it when I got home. Uh, so everything is back where it's supposed to be. But I uh, I have some new articles of clothing that I cannot wait uh, to debut. And it's really a shame that this is not a video podcast because I could kind of do a fashion show over the course of the next several weeks to be able to show people uh, the things that are available at uh, in the in the market in in the center of uh, Bujumbura because it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty amazing amazing thing. But no, man, it was great and and loved the opportunity to be able to go and and spend some time uh, in in Burundi with uh, with one of our partners there, and then uh, got to spend a couple of days in Uganda with Pastor Raphael and King Jesus Church, and and just so thankful for what the Lord continues to do and 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 the way that He continues to move among you know among our partners. Um, but I, um, you know, you learn words along the way. In, in this realm that we're in, in, in ministering to orphan and vulnerable children. And as an adoptive dad, one of the things, one of the words that I learned along the way is about being dysregulated. Um, and so I can confess, Lynn, that I was dysregulated for a couple of days in Africa while I had no clothes and, uh, and while we were trying to figure it out. So, um, but I, uh, uh, something else that kind of uh, causes me to be a little bit dysregulated is coming home and the prospect of the holiday season and all the craziness and the busyness and all the, the stuff that goes on around us as we begin to, to move toward um, the celebration of Christmas. Um, like it gets to be really kind of crazy and kind of hectic. And just at the very mention, when the, when the calendar turns to December, there's almost this reaction that just happens in my in my being where I, I start to go, oh no, like this is going to be stressful because we're we're losing our schedule and we're losing those things that kind of keep us in rhythm. And as a family that's kind of given to dysregulation, this is going to be tough. And so I always look forward to these. Uh, opportunities to be able to sit down and talk with you because personally, it's one of those things that that the Lord kind of uses to center me a little bit and to to give me a little bit of perspective about about what's getting ready to happen and why I'm so anxious about the holidays. And so um, I'm glad to be home from Africa, but I'm also really glad, Lynn, to be talking to you and and to be getting some uh, some tips and some hints for the holidays um, as we talk about how to how to parent our kids well through um, what can be a, a fun but also a real difficult season. Yes, absolutely. It can be the best of times and it can be the worst of times if we don't manage uh, those expectations as parents as we go into those holidays um, and thinking through what what do we want our holiday season to be like and what adjustments do we need to make as we are parenting our kids that have come from these hard places uh, whether they are newly home this year or even if they've been home three, four, five, six years, uh, they still may be experiencing some of the impact of their past. So, yeah, and, and I think, you know, that's uh, that's one of those things that I, that I think is um, you can kind of be almost lulled to sleep a little bit during the when we're in those times of kind of the rhythm and the routine and, and the average because, because some of those challenging behaviors kind of, you know, sort of blend into the, 
into the monotony and they, they blend into the mundane and our kids kind of get into a rhythm, but it's really easy for, um, for some of those, those greater challenges to kind of bubble to the surface um, at a time when there's a lot of upheaval and at a time when there's, when there's a lot of change going on in our environment and in our schedule. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about, just kind of explain why is that, that, that kids, because um, I think we think subjectively, it feels like it's a little bit harder during times like this. Um, is it really? And, and if so, why? Why is it harder on us and harder on our kids, um, you know, during these, during these times of, of crazy schedules and, um, and a lot of difference? Yeah, Rick, you know, there, there are a number of things that come to mind as you ask that question. One is sometimes parents' expectations of the season. We want to make sure that everything is perfect. I think for me, I know as a mom, I wanted the food to be perfect and the packages to be wrapped perfectly. And I wanted uh, my daughters to be in those cute dresses with the perfect hair bow. And so for parents, there can be some high expectations. And um, parents' own anxiety, like you said, Rick, can um, begin to rise. And as parents' anxiety rises, um, if we want to get nerdy about it, there's something called the mirror neurons where we can actually pick up the mood of those people that we are around. So if mom and dad are getting anxious or nervous or they're feeling a little frantic, um, our children will pick up on that anxiousness and that frantic um, feeling. And that can cause them not to feel safe. Um, and that feeling of being um, insecure can then begin to trigger uh, their behaviors of when they felt um, unsafe, maybe in times past. So a parent um, needs to think through what is going on in me right now? Um, is What am I bringing to the table? What am I bringing to the dance um, in this holiday season? Are there things that I need to adjust or adapt um, that might cause some of that frantic or anxious feelings within me to calm down a little bit? Are there things that we can let go? I know, and this um, may be, I hope there weren't going to be gasps across our audience, but we let go of doing Christmas cards uh, one year because it was just too much. Um, and there were other things that we began to let go, things that I thought were important to my family. But as I began to ask each family member, what is special about Christmas to you, and they began to name a few things, um, it wasn't in line with what I thought was important. And so I was able to let go of some of the decorating and cooking, and I was able to be more physically present, mentally present, and emotionally present for my family. And that emotional presence is what is so critically important for our children during this time of year. So parent expectations might be one thing that could cause our children to begin to um, get a little bit more revved up and a little bit more anxious. Another thing is um, what you mentioned earlier is that predictability of schedule. We know that our children who come from hard places 
having a predictable schedule, and I'm going to use this word again, makes them feel safe. Uh, our children oftentimes do not like surprises, and Christmas can be full of surprises. In the classroom, um, they may be doing extra projects. They may be making extra crafts. They may be shifting their school schedule during the day and going to special Christmas programs, having Christmas parties. All of that, while very fun for most children, for our kids who have come from places where unpredictability oftentimes meant not being safe, can really throw them for a loop. And so we need to be aware of those things that are going on. Even the shift from the predictability of the school day to a two or three week Christmas break where we're not in that routine can be difficult for some of our children. Then we toss in all the special events that are going on. Um, the children's choir at church, the ballet recital, the piano recital, the band recital, um, attending special um, plays or programs maybe um, can be uh, uh, unnerving for our children. We see those things as fun events and we want to experience those. They may be traditions in our family that we attend the Nutcracker Ballet every year but that may be overwhelming and it may overstimulate our children's nervous system. So we wanna think through what is my child's capacity and what do we need to um, maybe adapt or adjust this year so that we're not overwhelming or overstimulating our children and their nervous system. I, I love the fact that that you really you answer the question in large part by saying we as parents, we need to take a look at ourselves. And, and really, a lot of it is thinking about our own expectations and, and those things that pressure that we put on ourselves, um, you know, to be that Norman Rockwell Christmas card and, and to be, you know, kind of that perfect picture of a family that does Christmas perfectly. And, you know, the fact that we feel like we have to do things in order to make memories so that, um, you know, so that we we create this certain kind of feeling around Christmas for our kids. And it just, it can feel a little overwhelming as a parent. And then you add on top of that, the complexity of kids that just don't react the way that you, you know, the way that you sometimes would want them to react because of, because of their needs and because of where they're coming from. And, and I think, so Lynn, I'm going to push in kind of on one, one particular aspect, because I've heard, I've heard this from friends. Um, we've experienced this as a family. And, and I think it's one of those kind of one of those things that seems a bit mysterious when you're a family who has kids that have come from hard places about, you know, kind of why this happens. But it, there's also that effect of, you know, seeming like sometimes that our, our kids almost take what, what feel like we're, we're creating these really happy moments and our kids kind of take those as opportunities to, to really be able to kind of sabotage what's going on, you know, to almost, to almost that, that we've like, we've worked so hard in order to create a, a great memory or in order to create a, a really fun thing for the family. And it seems like those are exactly the places and exactly the points where, um, where kids, you know, choose to act out and where they choose to have a meltdown or where, you know, where those, those things happen. And it's almost as if, 
um, it's predictable that like the harder we try in order to do something kind of over the top and special, the more we can almost predict that that somebody is is almost going to behave in a way that's like 180 degrees in the opposite direction from what we intend. Um, and, and so like, I'd love for you just to kind of dig into that a little bit, because I, because I think we don't truly see what's going on under the surface with our kids. And, and we don't really realize unwittingly what we may be causing sometimes in, you know, in our kids by, by the buildup and the stuff that we do and, and where we set our expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that sabotaging um, is, is so confusing and so frustrating to parents. Um, and I can share one story that a parent shared with me where um, the child, all the presents were wrapped under the tree. Uh, anticipation was growing for the next morning uh, when the presents were going to be unwrapped. And on Christmas Eve, early morning, I guess Christmas morning, two or three in the morning, they parents were awakened by some sounds in the den only to find their child had unwrapped all the Christmas presents. That pressure for that child was just too much. Uh, the pressure of having focus on them during the unwrapping the pressure of the surprise and the unknown. Again, going back to that feeling of being unsafe. I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, it's, it's overwhelming and it can be too much. And so it causes our children to kind of do what you said, Rick, where they will sabotage what we're trying to make as a special moment. So I think being low key, taking some of that pressure off, even engaging the children and giving them a little bit of a sense of control where they may feel out of control and not knowing what's happening next. So even asking them the question, when would you like to open your presence? You know, do you want to open your presence in front of others or not in front of others? Um, and, and then again, as we add in family and friends, that may be additional uh, pressure of not knowing how to even respond to receiving a gift. One of the things that is difficult um, and that takes time to grow in our children is a sense of gratitude. And so if grandma and grandpa are sitting there and uh, the child opens their presence and they don't express gratitude in an appropriate way, that can put pressure on the parents to correct the child, uh, grandparents may not understand the why, um, but for our children, they just haven't learned that process of um, understanding and expressing gratitude sometimes. So that's another expectation that we need to adjust for our children. But that sense of control, that sense of feeling out of control can really trigger our children to sabotage our plans. So including them in the plans as much as possible, making those plans predictable, talking about it ahead of time, making a plan A and a plan B, especially if we're going to events or um, holiday celebration at families' homes where maybe we take two cars. And if we see our child is becoming overwhelmed, 
then one parent can leave with the child while the rest of the family stays and enjoys the event. Um, but that special time, even leaving the event, that can still be special one-on-one time with the parent. And it can help calm our child, get their nervous system back on track um, so that they're in a better place for a good night rest and in a better position for the next day, whatever it may bring. Yeah. And Lynn, I mean, even as I think about, because, you know, we've talked and we, we talked about this in the beginning, we've talked to you a lot about these abnormal times and, you know, it's crazy you know, so many kids look forward to school being out, but yet for a lot of kids, that routine and having that normalcy actually is more stressful than actually having to go to school. You know, in the summer, you give great advice to families about how to bring some predictability and some routine, but you have what, two months, 10 weeks to try to bring in some level of predictability, but the the holiday seasons are just so unpredictable. And, and I think all of us as adults would, uh, would confess it's a little overstimulating to us as well. And it feels like you're taking your normal schedule and you're dumping uh, about a year's worth of activity into a small compressed time. Obviously for children that have come from hard places, especially that, that is just overly taxing. So what are, what are some practical tips that you would give families, even in such a a condensed time to still bring some predictability and to still bring some routine and consistency for their child's schedule. Yes, absolutely. As much as possible, maintaining your regular bedtime and your regular waking up time um, during those two or three weeks of Christmas break. Uh, It is so important that our children get a good night's sleep. Uh, That's going to set them up for success the next day. Also, making sure that we are getting good hydration, that we're doing good protein snacks during the day, good um, big muscle movements. And I know in a lot of areas of our country, um, there's snow and there's inclement weather during this time of year, which makes it hard to get outside and do big muscle movement. But it's so important that we have these components at least every two hours during the day. Big muscle movement can actually help calm our child's anxiety. It can help them work out anxious feelings that they're having. And then we have a calm activity following that big muscle movement. Um, And if we do that on a regular basis throughout the day, that's going to keep their blood sugar level, which regulates our mood, and our, um, our uh, ability to handle disappointments, uh, it helps us to stay regulated. So a lot of times, you know, like you said, Herbie, we're, we're doubling down on all the errands and the activities that we have to do. So sometimes we can miss meals um, before we know it. It's two o'clock in the afternoon and we haven't had lunch or we haven't had a snack because we've been at the mall all day. So making sure that we are not missing those things, giving our children an opportunity um, to set them up proactively for success physically, making sure their body's physical needs are being met. Uh, That would be one of the practical tips. Again, um, letting them know ahead of time what the plan for the day is, talking through with them what to expect, 
reminding them if you're going to a family event, who, who Aunt Nita is and who Uncle John um, is, even helping them practice scripts of how to talk with relatives they may not see, how to answer questions. Um, for some of our children, that can raise their anxiety level. Um, so scripting out, role play, anything that might be new or different to help them know how to navigate those new conversations and those activities. I think having a code word for our kids um, so they can alert you uh, when they may be feeling overwhelmed um, so that you know you need to pull away with them and maybe provide them with some mom or dad time, some calm time away from the high energy of, of activities and family events would be really helpful to our child so they know that you're watching out for them and you're on their team. Yeah, that Lynn, that's awesome. I think um, like I don't want to let your comment about the two hours go by without pointing back to that and just talking about how imperative that is that rather than thinking about your day in terms of eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours that that it with kids coming from hard places, if we're thinking about our day in in two hour increments and and we're thinking in terms of making sure that we get some sort of nutritious protein based based snack and that we're doing some some large muscle physical movement every two hours and that that's kind of built into the rhythm of what we're trying to do during the day is it's a game changer. Um, and and something that that really like once you become disciplined to to think in that way, um, you as a parent start to crave it as much as your kids do, right? Like there's, there's a, because it's just a good reset and, and kind of helps you to, you know, to really be able to put a rhythm into what kind of seems, you know, otherwise rhythmless and, and sometimes, you know, kind of crazy. Um, well, so you talked a little bit about, um, you know, just the idea of being able to, to have those moments to, you know, get aside with your kids to be able to talk about, you know, the reason for the season and to talk about, you know, the kind of the the, the deeper things behind um, that are, you know, that are part of Christmas. And and I think um, the like that's such a beautiful part of, of what we get to do. Um, but I think that, you know, the other side of that is, is, is that we don't always get a lot of um private time during the holidays. So a lot of it means getting together with family and friends and people that we, that we don't see all the time. And so if you were going to kind of sit down on the couch next to one of, you know, one of the parents that's listening to this podcast and, and you were to give them a few pieces of advice about how do you, how do you help your extended family to be, to be ready and, and to be a part of the team when, um, when, when you're going to be bringing a child from a hard place into their midst, how do you help grandparents and aunts and uncles and, you know, cousins and extended family kind of think through and, and be part of the, the, you know, part of the healing equation as, as opposed to being part of the challenge, what would you counsel them to say, if there are a couple or three things that you would ask them to do, what would be those kind of those major things you would point them toward? Well, that, that is a great question, um, and setting families' expectations is really, really important. So I think um, helping family, extended family, understand, you know, where our children have come from and why our children's responses may seem confusing to them. 
um, helping family understand that our ch children often are in this place where they are functioning um, almost on high alert um, because they don't feel safe. So even, even though they may have visited grandma and grandpa's house before, it still may be an unknown to them. Um, it still may feel different to them. And so helping grandma and grandpa understand um, why the child may not run up to them and give them a big hug immediately, um, helping them give that child a chance to feel safe again. Uh, touch is very, uh, can be a very sensitive thing for our children. So helping grandma and grandpa um, be understanding that maybe a fist bump or a side hug, certainly asking uh, permission to give a hug uh, before they do that, before they rush in, can be really helpful in making our children feel safe and comfortable with uh, until they warm up to grandma and grandpa again. Again, understanding uh, what sensory needs our children may have. We haven't talked about that, but even serving a meal where uh, the food may smell different or the textures may be different, um, helping grandma and grandpa understand that this is not, um, uh, they're not meaning to offend uh, because they don't think your food is good, but this could be a legitimate sensory texture issue for how they um, process food and understand um, that. Even, even those um, scented candles, we have lots of scented candles this time of year uh, with uh, Christmas tree scents and gingerbread spice scents. Uh, that, that scents uh, may be overwhelming to our children. And so helping uh, family members be aware and prepare for those to calm the environment even before we arrive. And then again, that understanding of plan A, plan B, um, that we may have to slip out sooner. I know that can be disappointing sometimes to extended family members when we have those embedded family traditions where uh, we do the same thing every year and it can be very disappointing to others who don't understand why we may have to skip that tradition. But but um, letting the family know this is a season. This is a season of transition and healing for our child. And um, because we missed this part, maybe of the holiday celebration this year, doesn't mean that we won't be back into it uh, following years. In fact, if we are careful and entering into this season, if we pare down, if we adapt, if we make our child feel safe during this holiday season, then as that healing happens, it will be more likely that they'll be able to fully engage in following in following Christmas celebrations. So one thing I, I wanted to point out and, and just kind of say as, as we begin to wind our time down is to think in terms of we understand that these can be really challenging times for families and and that at times like the holidays, the reason we do podcasts like this is to talk about, you know, some of those things that all of us can do. Um, but we also want to make ourselves available here at Lifeline to be able to help families. And and so, Lynn, the, the team that you lead with our parent coaches are available during the holiday season to be able to talk with moms and dads and to troubleshoot 
you know, circumstances and situations and to help you kind of get out in front of the things that are going on. And we'd like nothing more than to, to be able to spend some time with you and, and to be able to talk through specific things about your children and your families. Um, one of the other things that I think I'm, I'm really excited about, and we're kind of demoing in a couple of places, is um, some of our therapists have so- stepped up during the holidays to do some some groups with kids um, really kind of focused around the challenges for the holidays. And these are telehealth groups. We're not able to do that everywhere, but if you're, if you're in the state of Louisiana or if you're in the state of Tennessee or the state of Alabama, we have the ability through um, the telehealth regulations in those states with our therapists and are going to be holding groups for families um, where kids are able to come and be a part of a small group with other kids that are maybe working through the same kind of challenges over the holidays and and really to to have somebody kind of come alongside your family team um, during this, you know, this time when things are a little bit harder um, to be able to, you know, to be able to provide some uh, some talk and, and and some opportunity for kids to be able to, you know, to voice and give voice to those things that are, you know, that are troubling them and to really kind of help to go a little deeper in, um, in understanding what's happening, but also joining on um, with our kids and, um, you know, in their healing journey. And so I just wanted to point out and, and wanted to say that, that the, your team and, and our, our team from our, our counseling uh, ministry here at Lifeline are available and we're around and and really want to be able to serve families. And so don't think that we've, you know, somehow kind of, you know, hung it up for the year and, and that we're kind of riding out the rest of the year. These are these are really vital times when our team um, can can really press in and can be a lot of help to your family. And, and Lynn, I know that, um, that that you and the team that you lead would love nothing more than to be able to to, to be able to have that kind of, you know, one-on-one uh, sort of opportunity to minister to families. That is absolutely right. And our parent coaching services are not bound uh, by state uh, limits. We are able to meet with anyone in the States or even internationally um, using telehealth, using Zoom. And um, those sessions are 45 to 60 minutes. Um, they're parent-led, uh, depending on what your particular challenge with your child is. And so we work together on um, building tools and strategies to help your child with whatever struggles and challenges they may be facing. So we, it, it is a joy and a privilege to come alongside parents to uh, walk through uh, what they're dealing with and to think through how they can improve their relationship with their child. Yeah. And Lynn and Dr. Rick, I really appreciate all of these words. And, and just to reiterate something that Dr. Rick said, the reminder is actually, these are the times that actually tease out some of the underlying issues that we may have as a family. And so not only is our team not taking the time off, we want to help lean in with you as maybe some things that you didn't even realize were existing or existing in your home. And sometimes it's those high moments of stress. It's those high moments of, of opportunity that you really start to see both your heart and where you need to grow as well as your child's heart and where they need to grow. And so even, you know, just to end on a, on a, on a light note, Dr. Rick was pretty stressed when he lands um, ununited with his baggage in in Africa. However, 
he was able to navigate through those things because of the tools he had in his tool chest. Uh, our kids are going to go through opportunities a lot of times where they're going to be disconnected from the things that make them feel safe, not united with the things that make them feel safe. And what we want to ultimately do is help them find a peace and a resolve, not in you and not in the things of this world, but in the one that truly never changes, Jesus the Christ. So thanks for joining us for the Defender Podcast as we enter into this season of Advent. May we truly celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ who came when we were orphaned, when we were wayward, to give us hope and to give us unshakable hope that cannot be denied. Join us next week for the Defender Podcast. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.